Brother Matt, Matt and Levana Gerber are head, getting ready to head back to India. So come on up and let us know what, uh, what the Lord's been doing in the ministry. And their family has doubled since they've been here last time. So standing next to this guy is hard, you know. It's just, uh, you know. But. <laughs> all right, here you go. Thanks all for right. being here. Thank you. I want to first of all say thank you so much for uh, having us back. That's uh, That shows an awful lot of trust in us, so <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, uh, yes, we were here, I think it was 2016, and uh, we were um, kind of at the beginning of debutation at that point, getting ready to uh, go to India. It was just my wife and I then, and uh, we have doubled in size. We now have two girls, if you listen very, listen very closely. That's them in the uh, classroom back there. And um, we are going to the country of India. Our home is now in the... the uh, state of Karnataka, India. We live in a uh, city of about 500,000 people called Mangalore. We have a, a little apartment right on the outside of the city there. And uh, we, have a, we have a small church called Gospel Light Baptist Church. It's a church that we have uh, been revitalizing while we were there. We were in the country for about two years um, before COVID hit. And during our time there, we were uh, privileged and blessed to be able to plant two churches in the villages that in the area that's called the Ghats, which is the uh, kind of like a plateau region outside of the coast there. Um, the reason why we are back in the United States is because when COVID hit, they, they shut down the country, revoked our visas, closed all the airlines down. We found out on a Thursday at three o'clock that uh, we had to be out of the country. So by 9 p.m., we had a kid under each arm and we were headed back to uh, U.S. So that's where we are, where we are now, and we um, I'll update you guys when I uh, um, on Sunday I think it is Sunday um, we have some plans on how to get back there and be uh, feed on ministry there again. So thank you all for who have, pray, who have prayed for us, and thank you for the invite back, Pastor. Thank you. And now I'd like to ask my friend John Grasty, come on up. I've known John Grasty since 2003 because. He slept like five feet underneath me in our college dorm room. So he was my roommate at PCC many years ago, and um, they spent the last six years in Slovenia. I do pray for um, his wife, Katie. Uh, she's with her mom right now, and uh, her mom is preparing to go home to be with the Lord. So pray for their family as well. Um, but John is, uh, well, I'll let him tell you what's happened in the last six years. Uh, quite a bit is the, the, the short answer to that, what has happened. Uh, and there will be pictures and video, and we'll get to that uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, but the uh, short version is we've been in, in uh, Slovenia, in uh, Ljubljana, the capital city. Uh, Central Europe is where the crossroads of, of where Eastern, Central, and Western Europe all come together. So we sort of pick either the best or the worst, depending on the situation, aspects of the surrounding cultures and get to enjoy them. Great ice cream, though. Um, but uh, we, we have enjoyed it as the Lord has uh, allowed us to plant a church in Domjale, which is a, uh, um, I guess, it's not quite a suburb. I, I don't know. It's a small town right outside of the capital city um, that's not had a gospel witness for I don't know. I mean, you could easily say like 400 years, 450 years uh, at all. Um, and uh, the Lord allowed us to do that. Uh, and he's in the process of uh, transitioning us now forward to a uh, somewhat of a support ministry for Slovenia. Uh, and you'll hear a lot more about that, you know, not right now. And once again, maybe some pictures and video to go along with that to give you some ideas uh, of what that looks like. 
Uh, but you can pray for us as we're sort of in this transition and uh, the Lord still has a number of doors open for us, but he's made it for the time being very clear uh, that we're going to be here. And so that's me until tomorrow night. Um, uh, one half of one tenth of a percent. Is that, yeah, it's five, five out of every ten thousand. Some of you do the math. It's five out of every ten thousand. It, it is. It, it's extremely low, even for for Europe. Right. So, uh, ooh, I, I can t- go ahead. It's like okay, fifteen hundred people out of out of two million, and and that is a very gracious counting, <laughs> meaning. Uh, I think the number is probably smaller, not bigger. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because we think of Massachusetts, and rightly so, as being one of the most post-Christian areas in the United States. But you're talking fifteen? How many? Fifteen? Fifteen hundred? And that's we're not talking Baptists. We're talking just Bible-believing, born-again Christians of any denomination. Fifteen hundred out of two million people. There are churches in Massachusetts of fifteen hundred people. So that's just a little, it's an amazing place. I got to go there back in 2014. So you, we'll hear more about that tomorrow. But let's do this. Let's go over to uh, Eli and Katie Giltner. Gideon, can you switch the screen over? We'll see if they are still there. Oh, I see their microphone coming alive. So, hey. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Thank you for your prayers and support. Well, we are so glad that you've joined us tonight. And just to refresh everybody's memory, the Giltners are missionaries to Japan back in Bozeman, Montana for the next six months. So give us just a quick snapshot of what, uh, where you've been. And um, I know you've got a short presentation you're going to show, so I'm just going to hand it over to you guys. Oh, and I should right. say, I should say before I do, that just like I gave a shout out to John as an old college friend, Katie and I were in... Uh, speech class together freshman year so it's cool to to be connected all these years but go ahead guys um, i'm gonna have to scoot and get uh take care of the kids here in a minute so i just want to first of all just say hello again to everybody and uh, we were just so pleased to see so many people out on a friday night uh over there we just love your heart for missions and we just so much appreciate your prayer support and your financial support over the years and um i just Wanted to say thank you before I had to go and get Eli here. So thank you guys so much. Well, thank you. All right, I'm going to get started with the presentation. I'll do the screen share here. Okay, can you guys see that? We've got it. Okay, I'll go ahead and get started then. Uh, Let me pray real fast. Dear God, thank you for this time that we have here together. Thank you for uh, Mount Greylock Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Malachuk and his family. Pray that you would be with his father-in-law now uh, during the time, a crucial time in Canada. And God, I pray you'd be with this conference and bless it and that you would prick our hearts for missions worldwide. We pray that you'd be with the Slovenia, the missionary to Slovenia and also to India during this difficult time uh, worldwide. And God, we uh, thank you for what you're doing through this church and we love you. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. All right, our, uh, the theme for our missions, uh, mission is basically this, pray for Japan, pray for Japan. If you remember anything uh, from me speaking today, just remember this, pray for Japan. 
Out of all the countries in the 1040 window, Japan has one of the lowest percentages of born-again Christians. About 0.58% of Japanese are evangelical, according to the Joshua Project statistics. That's about 735,000 out of 126 million. All those countries right there, that is the 1040 window. So from the 10 degree to 40 degree uh, latitude in between, 66% uh, of the world's population lives there. And that's the area also where there are least Christians at. There's where Japan is at. Uh, Japan has had over 160 years of missionary exposure, but yet it still remains unreached. Why is that? Why is that? Why is Japan such a difficult country to reach with the gospel? That's the question I'm going to explore tonight. Please pray for Japan. Here's a few main factors that impact salvations and mainly will give you a better idea of how to pray for Japan. As you look at that uh, prayer card before your dinner time, uh, just think, about, think back about this uh, when you're praying and thinking about what's going on over there. Number one is the spiritual factors. In Japan, most people are either Shinto or Buddhist or atheist or a combination of all three. They have a uh, what's called a syncretistic belief. They blend all three together and do not see much of a, a distinction between the three. And from a young age, uh, Japanese children age three, five, and seven are dedicated to their local temple. And the Japanese identify themselves as being Japanese by uh, their identification with either Buddhism or Shintoism. So they think of themselves in that way. Uh, if you are not Bud Buddhist or Shinto, then you're not Japanese in the Japanese thinking. So from a young age, there's a strong uh, spiritual factor there that plays into their lives. Cultural factor. In Japan, the culture plays a heavy toll on uh, on on the lives of the people. They are taught from a young age, uh, once they enter elementary school, what it means to be a Japanese person. They are pretty much kind of raised by the state and uh, to adopt this ancient culture, which is uh, over a thousand years old. And uh, through that, there's a lot of uh, Buddhistic thinking, a lot of Shinto thinking, and a lot of Confucian thinking that comes from China. And uh, also, there's a lot of uh, family uh, pressure and uh, group pressure. They think in terms of the group. They think in terms of family and uh, ancestor worship as well. Thinking factors. Uh, because of this, uh, Japanese don't think like Americans do. They think in terms of group. They don't think in terms of individual. So when it comes to making decisions, they look to the group to determine what is right or, or wrong. The morality of the group uh, determines how they live their life. So because of that, uh, it's hard for them to think outside the box and consider other ideas that are non-Japanese. What about communication factors? Uh, Japan is a country known to have a difficult language. Uh, out of all the languages in the world, uh, Japanese is classified by the U.S. Embassy as a uh, level five language meaning uh, the, the other languages are Chinese and uh, Saudi, I believe. But they it takes over 3,000 hours to learn Japanese for an outsider speaking English. Um, Jap Japanese is an indirect language, not a direct in uh, language. Uh, as Americans speaking English, we, we speak and communicate for information. 
Japanese uh, communicate more for relation with each other. Uh, just within their own country, uh, Japanese may not understand each other because the dialects and the different regions are so different. The word usages are so different. So uh, Japanese people are very uh, are notorious for having uh, very difficult communication and very long uh, business meetings to get things done. Priority factors uh, in life uh, in Japan, uh, life is uh, planned out for you from uh, the time that you are a small uh, child. So it's hard to kind of go against uh, society. Uh, the, the main things as in a lot of countries are uh, health and wealth. Uh, prosperity is the number one thing to get. And spirituality is very low on the priority factor. A lot of people don't really consider it. Maybe it's the same in America and, until they have a, a critical issue that happens to them. And of course, ministry factors in Japan with a, such a low percentage of Christians with a group mentality, with a strong pressure to be either Buddhist or Shinto, it's very difficult to do ministry. Uh, it's very difficult to go against the majority 99% culture. Uh, because of that, there tends to be very few Christians. The average church size is about 30 people. The average pastor age is about 65 years old. And uh, Japanese in general fear evangelism. They fear what other people think about them. They value harmony above truth. So uh, for them, they don't want to lose the harmony of their workplace. They don't want to lose the harmony of their family. They would rather uh, just keep their mouth shut and uh, keep keep their uh, Christianity secret, so to say. So this is another uh, major factor why Christianity hasn't spread much over the past 160 years. So as you think about those different factors, please uh, pray for Japan. Remember to pray for Japan. Those are the difficult factors, but what's impossible to man is possible with God. What about the advantages of Japan? Japanese people think very differently than Westerners do. Uh, they tend to view uh, friendship as uh, a high or a valuable thing, meaning that once a Japanese person becomes your friend, they're a friend for life. They tend to be very loyal in whatever they do. Once they do decide to become a Christian, they become very dedicated in that. And uh, so they, they have a high value and a high loyalty in that way. Also, uh, Japanese people, they tend to uh, think, uh, they tend to, uh, they, they tend to realize that because they are living in the uh, minority, the 1%, they realize right away that they're different from everybody around them. They realize that the world is not their home. They tend to be very, very dedicated as uh, Christians when they do become Christians. When, uh, when it's a little bit different than here in America, when you think about uh, there's kind of a cultural Christianity, so there's kind of a there's not as high of an expectation of you as a Christian. Uh, maybe that's changing, but in Japan, if you are that 1% minority and everybody knows that you're a Christian, they're going to be watching you, so you better be uh, dedicated and living it out. Those are some advantages of Japanese people. So knowing that the time of the Gentiles is ne nearing and no one is guaranteed to live another day and that our visas are never really guaranteed approval, we've been very urgent in getting the gospel out in Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese, English, Spanish, Korean, and Nepali all across Tokyo. We have had many trials and blessings over these uh, past five years. 
in Tokyo, where we live is a mega city, and a mega city has many different people groups. And uh, we recognized that right away when we moved in and started getting tracks in these languages, though we don't speak these languages, just to give them out to the people that we've come across. So here's our first term overviews, our trials that we've gone through. COVID lockdowns, limits to ministry in Japan, just like here, there were uh, toilet paper runs, there were mask uh, shortages, there were lockdowns, they couldn't travel, things like that. Um, because of that, we were limited to stay in, staying in our apartment. So we did a, a switch a lot of our ministry and did online things. We uh, launched the website, we started using Twitter and TikTok and uh, started doing other things like that. Uh, most Japanese people are, are on their phone constantly. So internet ministry is a way to reach people that normally wouldn't talk. Um, also uh, for myself personally, I have been burned out a few times learning language. Burning out means you just study till you can't study anymore and you just kind of become numb. Uh, so I've had that experience at least three times in the past uh, five years. Sicknesses, we've encountered sicknesses. Uh, each of us have been sick multiple times. Uh, we don't think that we've had COVID, but we've had some other <laughs> lung type diseases. And just recently before we came back, Katie had uh, had been in the hospital twice for a potassium uh, type deficiency, but she has recovered now. That was quite a scare. And also we had the birth of two children overseas. We did a home birth using a midwife, and uh, that was a good experience in a different language. And also just Japan in general, as you can imagine, a country that's 99% non-Christian has a strong spirit of oppression over it. Uh, the country itself is difficult to do ministry in when, you're, when you are experiencing a spirit of oppression. It makes you get tired quicker. It makes, you, uh, uh, makes it harder to pray, harder to do ministry, things like that. When, you're, when the entire country has uh, shrines and uh, uh, temples and things all on every corner. It's just a different environment to operate under. And also because of that, um, there's ministering to lots of hardened people, people that will reject the gospel or people that are hardened to the gospel. It takes a long time to befriend a person and it takes a long time for them to start to understand uh, spiritual truths. We say from Genesis. And also we minister a lot to people with mental issues because of uh, Japan as a high paced world. A lot of people are burned out and they have lots of mental issues. And these are the people that have time that can be ministered to. So those are our trials. What about the blessings? The blessings are uh, we have an area selected for a future church plant. And then the city next door called Higashi Mariyama. And one family has decided to uh, join us. So praise God for that. Um, um, myself personally have done four years of language, culture and study. And of course, Katie has been in Japan for 12 years and she's fluent. We've established good relations with the local Japanese church that sponsors our visa. And we have seen six salvations happen and uh, been able to witness to literally uh, thousands of people. Um, been able to put out over 250,000 gos Japanese gospel tracts across Western Tokyo and have had uh, over 10,000 evangelistic website views. I've put out 5,000 international tracks in different languages and uh, were able to work on and with the help of some Japanese, two gospel tracks uh, translated and the book One Heartbeat Away um, translated into Japanese. And that project took, the, took a whole year to do. 
And the new website was in, um, in six languages. AfterDeathTruth.net is the website we use primarily for evangelism. And for Japanese people, it's geared toward uh, suicide because that's a need that Japanese have that they think about is suicide and how to prevent that. And also we had our baby Penelope and Albert born in Japan. So that is a quick kind of an overview of our first year term. This is a map of Tokyo. These red areas are train stations that uh, I walked and put tracks out in. The yellow areas are areas that I bike using a folding bike and putting out tracks in different apartments and houses across uh, Western Tokyo over the past uh, five years. We are the Giltners, your missionaries to Japan. Please remember to pray for us. And our field is Western Tokyo. This is my contact number and my email address, should you want to email. Um, the afterdeathtruth.net website you can use. It's in English as well. And uh, for evangelism, feel free to do that. And then our blog is mtwitness.blogspot.com. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Eli. If it, so if people want to follow the ministry closely, I know we're connected on Facebook. Is Should they go to that website, connect with you on Facebook to see regular? How would you say is the best way for folks to stay in touch? Yeah, email is the best is the best way to stay in touch. Or Facebook if you want to be a Facebook friend. All right, so you can look up Eli Giltner, and he's always putting lots of good, good information up. But thank you so much for being with us, and we'll continue to pray for you, and we thank you so much for uh, representing us and doing the Lord's work in Japan. Thank you.